about to enter a world of pain, suffering, and laughter. Scalabim. Oh, brother. <laughs> Welcome to 2014. Worst gig ever. Happy I am Mike New Year. Pace. I'm Jeff Garlock. We are very excited to be bringing it cold cocked for Scalabim. For, for the one for Stop Me Now While, I am, while I, I'm Embarrassing Myself. <laughs> this week. Yeah. Very funny man on the show, Dave Bloodband. We're back with a great guest, and we're starting off strong. Dave Bloodband, uh, you probably know him from uh, at UCB. He's on the Terrell Team Good Girl. He's on the Beta Team Horse Plus Horse. He's on the Chris Gethard Show. He's the human fish. He is the human fish. He makes a lot of videos. He's 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 around. Yes, and he's got some great stories. He's he's a, a man before his time. He is. He's a man out of time. There's uh, a lot of time. There's a lot of stuff going on in this episode. We're very excited that it's the first episode of the year. Starting off what should hopefully be a very exciting year. And if you want to hear some other exciting things from years past, check out the archives, worstgigeverpodcast.tumblr.com. We're on iTunes. We're on Facebook, Stitcher Radio. You can send us a tweet at worstgigever, at Mike E. Pace, at G. Garlock. Write us, worstgigever, at gmail.com. Check out episodes of the Worst Gig Ever web series. The Worst Gig Ever web series. YouTube backslash official comedy. And just look for Worst Gig Ever, and you'll see some of those hilarious vids you gotta watch them and you gotta listen and you gotta listen to this on your new tweaked audio headphones that's a great plan which if you go to tweakedaudio.com enter the promo code worst you'll get one third off of your offer lifetime warranty on a great set of headphones uh so check those out check out the old episodes check out dave blood band but actually before dave blove band we what? got a very special guest what we're starting off 2014 with two guests so, Jeff, it is a, a new year, and we do have a very special guest joining us before I'm, we get started. I can't believe we're starting the new year. It, it, do, it doesn't get that. better than that. We want to welcome film critic Gene Shallot to the program. Gene. Gene, thanks. So great to coming. see you once again. Philomena in on what you guys have been talking about, fellas. <laughs> Philomena's about a British old lady who tries to find her son that she gave up for adoption. <laughs> right from the start, I mean, Charlotte, you got the goods. You know, uh, Gene, we bring you in here. Uh, hopefully this will become a tradition. You know, it's the beginning of the year. It's huge holiday season. We just had a, a number of big blockbusters. It was a slew of blockbusters. And, and we, so we saw a lot of films, but we don't have the definitive opinion. I mean, you've seen everything. We're Philistines compared to Charlotte. Yeah, uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Ooh, Wolf of Wall Street. I was howling at the moon <laughs> at Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> So you liked Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, I loved it with a capital I, Jeff. <laughs> For I, Christ. <laughs> now, I just recently saw uh, American Hustle, and I thought it was just okay. And I thought it, I thought it was better than okay. But, but I thought American Hustle left me with American Splendor, <laughs> and I went home thinking about American Beauty. <laughs> 
Jennifer Lawrence, I guess, uh, who would be the American beauty. <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence was a real American gigolo. <laughs> I think... I think I get what you're saying about it. Now, one of the biggest bombs of the year, hopefully, of the holiday season, hopefully is, is, is Ben Stiller's The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Secret what life was of your Walter take? Mitty. Ooh, the, the Secret Life of Walter Mitty left me frozen in my seat. <laughs> frozen is a Disney animated film. Or is it DreamWorks? <laughs> I can't tell anymore. <laughs> They are kind of. It one might have been Don same. Bluth. I don't know. There's yeah, it's probably a Don Bluth joint. Um, you know, uh, the holiday season is also big for uh, franchise films. There was a new Hobbit movie. The out. Desolation of Smaug. Yeah. We all couldn't believe it was pronounced that way. How did you feel about the Smaug? Ooh, the Desolation of Smaug left me saying to my friend, "Hey, save me a seat for save saving Mr. Banks." <laughs> Understandable, <laughs> understandable. And, and the has it has the second Hunger Games movie even come out yet? Catching Fire, Catching I Fire think. is that what we called it? Hunger the Catching other Jennifer Fire. Lawrence's other films. Jennifer Lawrence, well, yeah, you can't stop Jennifer Lawrence at this holiday season. Did you see Hunger Games, Catching Fire? I assume also your child. You could have seen it even if it's yeah. not out. You got a screener. I don't want to hold a grudge match, but I saw. <laughs> I went with a friend of mine who I've been fighting with for years to see Catching Fire. And we made amends. Making amends in the same way that 12 years a slave made amends. Yeah, that's what I heard about that movie. It makes reparations. So, so Mr. Shallot, uh, you know... You, what are you looking forward to in 2014? God, it's going to be a big year for movies. What do you go? What are you psyched for? Ooh, I'm. Oh, my little bow tie is spinning when I think of walking with dinosaurs. <laughs> That's the one that the you're big, most psyched for. The big dinosaur movie about dinosaurs walking. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could see the excitement. And imagine it, Geoff and Mike Pace. <laughs> what are you walking predict? from here to there? I, you do paint a, a picture there. Now, what do you think is going to be? We got the Oscars are going to be announced fairly soon. What do you think's in the running? What's going to be best picture of 2013? Best picture of 2013. I'm about. It's about time <laughs> that about time got some credit. About Time is a loose time travel movie. That's a new genre, loose time travel. <laughs> it's where the rules don't really matter. I think Netflix recommended those to me. <laughs> well, look, my money is on About Time. Yeah, I think you, I think you picked a winner. And with Walking time. with Dinosaurs. So, so Mr. Shallot, just before we wrap this up, any, any final words, any, uh, any words of inspiration, any advice, anything we need to know about the new year? What can we look forward to with you? What? <laughs> with me you can look you can look forward to me sitting in my big puffy chair drinking a hot cocoa with Francis Ha Gene Shallot, it's, it's a joy as always. Thank it's you for stopping the by. the most joy I get is talking to you, Mr. Shallot. Thank you for giving us your picks. Absolutely. You can bet 47 Ronin. You'll see me again. <laughs> oh, thank you, Mr. Gene Shallot. And now, Mr. Dave Bloodband. Bye. Bye. 
I've, I haven't had too many real, like, real jobs. <laughs> I've Or, like, I've had a bunch of weird... My first job I ever had. So when I was when I was when I was 15 years old, I was Elmo in Times Square, and uh, <laughs> I like I bought a costume and want, and I was like, oh, I'll just fucking hang out on Saturdays and like get tip get like people to get me money. And I did it for three day, three weeks, and it was terrible. Was it, was, it one day a week? You just did Saturdays. One day, one day a week, just Saturday, three Saturdays. It was awful. I realized that those the people that dress up like that are the worst people in the world. <laughs> All of them are like are like like uh, 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 former convicted sex offenders. Sure. <laughs> just like then then me in this little Elmo costume. <laughs> Where did you get the costume from? Toys R Us. Oh, they, just, wait! What? They yeah, had, they have they have big Elmo costumes there, or they did at the time. Like oh, no, 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 no. I might have actually ordered this online. It might have been like a, it might have been like an eBay purchase. From the, not was, but was this like a? Um, were you like an independent con? Was there like were you working for someone, or you just nope. this was just on your own? Yeah, most of those guys they buy their own costumes and do it for tip money. This is yeah. not for anybody. Uh, okay, specifically how did you come up with that? Like, what were you thinking? <laughs> I just thought it would be fun. <laughs> what a weirdo. <laughs> I know. I was like 15 years old and I was like, Did eh. your family not care? They were they fine know. with that? They oh, they didn't know. They didn't know. I just, it was like, like my, it was like a, a, I think I did it so I could have a secret. To right. Keep. right. <laughs> so, well, what kind of tips do you make on a Saturday afternoon? I think I, I think the most I made in one day was $15. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, it's like you set up like a, a hat or a thing on the, or like I had like a little like jar. And I had a, like a, like a... Elmo cookie jar! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you do anything, like, as Elmo? Like, just did you danced and said hello to the kids, and, like, I t- it was mostly... We're not going to glaze over you yeah. just dancing. <laughs> what kind of dance? Do you have any particular dance? I, I did, I mostly just, like, did, like, it's it's pretty much just, like, Martin Short's, like, Ed Grimley dance. Okay. I just, like, did that a bunch, and <laughs> right. then just, like... And then, and then, like it was mostly just like a day of taking pictures and high five and shitty other Manhattan kids like myself. (laughs) Right? Like, were there other Elmos? Around oh, as yeah. well, they're much taller Elmos. With, like in, with the costumes in varying degree of yeah. kind of authenticity, yeah, covered in detritus. <laughs> and they, it made me, it made me like self conscious enough to be like, oh, I'm clearly showing a bunch of kids that I'm a charlatan. Like, right. like the Elmo's not real. And there's like a bunch of them just kind of running around. Um, is, I always, for some reason, thought that there was, I don't know, some sort of. Not necessarily mob element, but that there was some sort of weird something on the uh, uh, there's an illegality. Yeah, like to the, that. like the equivalent of like when you see like the the trucks of people passing out like the flyers in our neighborhood. Yeah, like that. There's some sort of like Nigerian, <laughs> or even like in Los that. Angeles, like the people that hang out outside of like Man's Chinese Theater dressed right. as characters, and there's something kind of weirdly off. It, well, in <laughs> New, in New York, for the most part, it's like anybody. That can busk on the subway or perform, and or like you know, the, the, uh, they usually get permission to do that. Right. They get like, there's it's some sort of like, I forget what it's called. It's some sort of like artists like, and and for the most part, nobody does. Right. Like, right. Nobody, nobody gets that permission. Right. They just kind of do it until somebody tells them to stop doing right. that. Like, because right. because the thing about all of those guys. All the, especially the Times Square folks, all those costumes, you're, you're, you're Woody from Toy Story or Buzz Lightyear or whatever yeah. costume you, they're not supposed to ask for money. Sure. They're not supposed to like, they're not supposed to mm. accept tips or anything. Sure. They're supposed to like, you know, 
be happy and fun and just like take pictures with tourists and then some people will throw them and you're if like something happens. if something happens yeah. then that's what it goes <laughs> right so i got to delve in that world just a little bit and it wow. was weird did you ever see that documentary confessions of a superhero yeah i believe it's I real weird this. yeah is this about guys that dress up there's a documentary on you should watch on netflix it's, yeah, it's very good the one guy that dresses like superman yep. claims to be a relative of christopher yeah he, like yeah he's like <laughs> he's like pretty obsessed and then there's like the the Batman is pretty violent Ugh. and like uh, it's interesting. Well, like, this, this and it's kind of that they talk about that same deal where they're not really supposed to mm-hmm. ask yeah. for money, but they have their ways. Of yeah, like getting this money. has come up on the show before because Jeff actually it was also a uh, a costume animal. character. Were you really? Yeah, which one? Point? Uh, Lake Compounds, America's oldest family theme park in uh, <laughs> Bristol, Connecticut. I was uh, Kyle the Crocodile, the official ambassador of fun. Eight-foot-tall, inflatable, purple crocodile. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I would do walks around the park. I would do special events. Uh, I did a WB event in a mall where I danced. Oh, that's WB great. dance. I went to a, uh, a country music fair. Uh, and had a voice changer for that one. <laughs> and it was terrible. It was a terrible job because uh, it was just like minimum wage. How old are uh, you? Uh, that was... 33. I was, <laughs> yeah, no, 17. Okay. Uh, it was one of those years where I was like, I'm not working for my dad. We're gonna get a. We're gonna get the cool job and work at amusement park. Who wouldn't want to work at amusement park? Uh, and it was terrible. I actually was on food first, and then complained because they tried to make me cook hamburgers and I didn't eat meat. And so then eventually, I had my best friend was working because he was tall. So he's like, I need a handler for a day. And then it somehow ended up where we would like get our own dressing room. We switched every like yeah. walk, uh, and we we're supposed to protect each other. Because mm-hmm. uh, kids fuck with you when you're in that thing. <laughs> but I, I feel like we've had a number of stories about people dressing up in costumes. We had John humi- Murray working humiliating. for Johnny Rockets yeah. and dressing fifties mm-hmm. garb. Yeah. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm just, I love that. I never went into like Capons thinking like I should do this. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I. Yeah, no, this is great because totally on your own volition. With no uh, <laughs> corporate backing whatsoever, it was purely this independent motivation to just do this. I think it was also a combination of like a bu- like I was I grew up very um, I grew up Orthodox Jewish, uh-huh. and my mom uh, who still practices is uh, like I wasn't allowed to you know handle. Like I wasn't, I wasn't allowed to watch TV on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. I wasn't allowed to do a lot of things. But I hated going to shul. Right. Hated it. <laughs> of course, who doesn't? Hated it. Because when you live in Manhattan, when you grow, I grew up yeah. here in, and I grew up in Manhattan. It's like when you, there's so much shit to do. Yeah. So when I was like, and when I was like going through my like rebellious teenage phase, my thing was like, I know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> Instead of going to shul, I'll tell my mom I'm going to take a walk, and then I'll pack my Elmo thing in my costume. <laughs> rebellious. <laughs> three times. <laughs> three times. Yeah. Yeah. Three times I got face. sick of it immediately. It was such a shitty. And then I and then I, and then I sold my costume. Oh, like, did you sell it on eBay? I guess I, no. I sold it. I think I sold it to a neighbor or someone else. <laughs> I like. I, I was. I just remembered. I had to. I. I actually remembered. Like the impetus to, for me to sell it was like my mom got might have caught wind that I was doing something, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, I gotta get rid of this fast. <laughs> so. I, so I just thought, but I got. I remember I did get more money than uh, I paid for it. So wow! I was like sick. Nice so, deal. <laughs> uh, so I grew up as a reformed Jew on mm-hmm. Long Island. Sure. So I, you know, kind of 
you know went through went through the motions high holidays you know or uh, uh go to go to go to temple at the bar mitzvah dropped you know there was you go to hebrew school and then after your bar mitzvah there was like a 98 percent dropout rate and then there were two kids in what was called hebrew high <laughs> <laughs> but i'm just curious like growing up orthodox i i don't know a whole lot of people that that come from that world like were you, I'm assuming you were bar mitzvah at 13. Mm-hmm. Like, is it the same kind of, uh, do you have a party the same way or is there much more of a stress on the it's, religious tenants? It's a, it's, there's much more, there's a bigger stress on religious tenants and there's like also, it's just such a different world. It's a very like, it's like, I talk to people about it sometimes and they're like, wait, what? <laughs> what? Like, wait a second. That's not like a normal thing. Like yeah. I had no party. I had, yeah. I had a party for my bar mitzvah, but it wasn't like themed. It wasn't cool. It was like or a fun. tasteful luncheon yeah, or was, something it, at the, pretty uh, much. It was like, it was like a very room, tasteful yeah. lunch at my synagogue. <laughs> my mom hired uh, a standards singer. <laughs> To, who sang songs His in Hebrew? Name, Michael Bublé. <laughs> He's basically he, st- he sang like standards in Hebrew, and that yeah. was like my wow. that was like the performer, and it was like most Pretty psyched on that one. <laughs> yeah, and no, and like almost no other kids my age. It's mostly other congregants from the synagogue. Yeah, I right. got and like like older older people, my mom's friends and stuff. So, and, but when you when you grow up Orthodox, does that involve? I mean, obviously, you're 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 uh, you've got the Sabbath on Friday nights. Are mm-hmm. you're going to temple every week, or is mm-hmm. multiple times a week? Is there like a- every every? I went. I grew up going to temple every Saturday. Yeah. Uh, before we before we lived in my in Manhattan, my uh, uh, we lived in Forest Hills, Queens, yeah. and uh, that's where which was where I was bar mitzvahed, and um, I we went to temple every Saturday. Uh, I I went to yeshiva. From fourth grade through twelfth grade, I yeah. I davened, which is praying <laughs> three times a day, and I wore tefillin, which was the yeah. leather straps. Yeah. I had to put those on every morning, uh, every morning for prayer services. Yeah, and uh, I, yeah, with like my I had my my basic like thing, I, like my kit I had to bring to school all the time right. was like my backpack which had my tefillin bag which is like the plastic bag yeah. with the velvet bag right, in that, inside right. that <laughs> the leather straps and the and a separate bag for my talus which is of the, course, the, yeah. the long shawl right. and like just wearing that every day just rocking yes. out rocking out talus and tefillin all the time. <laughs> so but you also clearly had this uh, urge to like perform mm-hmm. hence going out on the street by yourself <laughs> as elmo with no parental or or adult supervision whatsoever mm-hmm. so at what point does the stuff intersect where like you get involved in uh, you know, maybe even before you should be whatever you were doing, and then you're like religious beliefs, and where, how does that those those two things kind of veer? I think it's like, well, I, I, I there, I, I, it's one of those things where it's like when I grew up, I grew up, my mom, uh, like long story short, my mom had like a very uh, severe uh, thing happen to her. She had like brain cancer when I was a kid. She had a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, like, so she like had this whole, uh, she like turned her, she like became religious when I was very uh-huh. young. So we didn't, we didn't like, we wasn't always like that. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and it, it sort of like, hap- a lot of things happened. You know, my uh, um, mom became very religious uh, my my dad sort of left when I was a kid. It was a whole big like to do, 
and I f- and I was like sort of left to my own devices all right. the time. So I was always watching, and I was always watching TV, which uh-huh. a lot of kids I grew up with didn't right. watch as, as as you know as much TV as I did, and certainly not like um, they just didn't, they didn't think about. I went in my, in my high school, uh, like, uh, I'm, I'm jumping all over the place yeah. in my story, and I apologize. <laughs> but, like, a lot of yeshivas, um, especially, uh, like, in, in New York, they don't allow kids to go to school if you don't have a television. If, if like, you, if you have a television, oh, really? you can't go to this that particular school. Got, yeah. I went to a yeshiva that was, like, I went to yeshiva, uh, 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 yeshiva university high school for boys, or Marshall Stern uh, Academy, MTA, sometimes it's known, YUHSB, has a bunch of names. <laughs> Of course, um, yeah. <laughs> I know all of them. This episode like, may be going out to the that Marshall was like Stern. the cool yeshiva. <laughs> yeah, it was a like, hip one. It was like yeah. the one that's like oh, it's like if you it's like oh, people send their kids from like out of state to go to this school. Right. It's like a preppy yeshiva. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's where I went to high school, and um, uh, I I was like always into comedy, obsessed with stand up, obsessed with George Carlin and Woody Allen, obsessed uh-huh. with movies. I knew I wanted to be a filmmaker. That's what I wanted yeah. to study. Even before mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to do comedy, I wanted to like do filmmaking stuff. And I found, like, I you know read books about Second City, and I I looked up. They had a summer program. I took, uh, like, I went to summer camp there. Like, they had like summer workshops here in New York mm-hmm. City, and I took some classes there. Jennifer Lawrence was in my class. Oh, wow! And we like, uh, and the, she was like the first person I ever did improv with. <laughs> How was she? Uh, fine. She was yeah. fine. Gotcha. She's fine. She's better in American yeah. Hustle. Yeah. <laughs> and um, she, um, so I had this, I had this like need to perform, yeah. and I was just like, oh, this is cool, and I like, I, and so yes, yeah, so that's as as like big as religion was a part of in my life like is like it was such a huge thing uh-huh. it ne- it was always an afterthought for right. me like it never felt like as mu- as big as as like prevalent as it was in my life it never felt like the thing i belonged in or the thing Got i like, right. needed to continue yeah. doing like it was always like oh well, i'm going to just keep going to yeshiva and then i'm just going to get yeah, out right. and like not do it anymore right, yeah. <laughs> right. Like, but it was like it was like the easiest disconnect for me. Right. Well, okay. probably because inside, especially if it came in like a like later, like yeah. it wasn't like a from birth thing. So you're just like, yeah. oh right, this is something that you can also not be doing. Right. Like cause it, it was like yeah, I, and I'd gone to Hebrew school and uh, and Jewish schools like mm-hmm. must like chiller Jewish schools right. when I was like younger, younger, but like fourth grade through twelfth grade, it was yeshiva. And so you had said earlier that you weren't allowed to like watch TV, I guess, at a certain point. But did did the fact that you weren't allowed, and clearly you were, mm-hmm. kind of sneak, was there the idea that because you weren't able to do it, do you think that that helped foster? Clear, if you have an interest in it, you you know that just comes from whatever. Oh yeah, but the fact that you couldn't, and I'm assuming that along with TV, probably uh, we're listening to records and stuff like that, also part of the oh, whole yeah. package. There was a lot, there's like, there's like a very, it's like a very strict culture and there are like people that give you, it's like, you know, any, any religious circle that has like, it's so close knit, anything from the outside is going to be immediately judged. Right. So like, I'm like, I remember when I was interviewing for this school, I was like, after when when I was in middle school, I really wanted to go to like an art school in New York mm-hmm. for high school. Like I was like I wanted to go to uh, school of the arts in Manhattan or LaGuardia. Mm-hmm. I was like because I was like oh I got I got to I got to <laughs> do stuff. I was like I was like uh, I was like I want to because I was super interested in 
in film and filmmaking and, and wanted to like pursue that from a very young yeah. age. And then my mom took me to interview at this, at this yeshiva at, um, at MTA. And, um, the, the dean of the school or the, like when one of the founders was there and the, my principal, everybody was there and they were like, what do you like? You to tell me, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> like, what do you like? It's like, well, uh, I really like movies. And then they, I literally, with no joke, they all gave me like this stink eye look. Is like, <laughs> like really movies? Okay, like, yeah, that's what I want to yeah. do. It's like I, I, I like it. I was like, and I was explaining like the t- the technical aspect of like what what I like about it. Yeah. Like, right. oh, you know, I my mom is French, so I love Truffaut, and I like love all this like, and I and I love my my favorite cinematographer is Haskell Wexler, and just like, just like, and they like it's all gibberish yeah, to them, right? And just, yeah, where did like did you? Because even like what you're talking about now, like like you're a young guy, <laughs> and you were really young then. Like you got how, into, how old are like, you now? I'm 24. 24. Okay, and you got into like even like you know just getting into UCB stuff. Like that's part of the love band story is like oh where did this kid come from yeah but like where also like like do you like you know because i think about this too with like at least in my like with music is like i did get like you know some influence like of just like growing up with like classic rock around the house but like you know punk like i kind of just found that Mm -hmm. on my own like did you like was there but at the same time i had like the cool aunt like i had an aunt who like was into some sort of hair metal and kind of led me down that path but like did you have Someone who was like, "Hey, you should check out Truffaut and know the cinematographer." Oh yeah, well, when you're fucking like fifteen. <laughs> yeah. A lot of that came from like, well, my my mom is like a super cool person. She's like, she um, she's like really into music. She got me into like a lot of cool things growing up. She was the one that like introduced me to SNL when I was seven. Okay, and so she she and my my uncle like, my uncle turned me on to um like. He installed our computer in our house, and he and he was like the first person who was like, "Oh, you know, the internet's a pretty cool place." <laughs> and I remember finding out uh, IMDb he was like, "Oh, you can find out anything you want about any movie ever." Right. So I just like was I would just like troll there for hours and be like, "Oh yeah," and and I remember having the conscious thought of like, "Oh yeah, someone shot this movie with a camera. Who was this?" And just like doing this, and, right? And, like, yeah. And my parents are both like huge film nerds, and like I, they, my my dad and I, when I was a kid, would like have long, like long esoteric conversations about like the meaning of certain movies. Is like, and so it's just, and and my like, you know, I come from all these. My mom's like a, a designer, and it, like, I grew up in Manhattan. My uncle's like an art dealer, so I have like mm-hmm. all these weird artists in my uh-huh. family, and just like so it's always so been it around makes me. Sense. Yes. It makes it's like total a classic sense. New yeah. York yeah. Yeah. upbringing. Exactly. But what's interesting there is that when you you know because Jeff and I are are like ten years older than you, so I remember growing up, and I also I was obsessed with movies, but I used to read like. Roger Ebert's, you know, movie yep. guide. Yeah. I had the video movie guide. Mm-hmm. I used to just, yeah, just read was, through oh, yeah. and, and, uh, you know, kind of parcel knowledge. And I would oh, just yeah. read it. From that, like, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like I was flipping through. Like, I would sit there and, like, read. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. The, so, the well, that's, it, it sounds like. And be annoyed at his ratings. <laughs> well, yeah, well, of course, well, Leonard Malton had the bomb, yep. right? And the video movie guide had the turkey. Yes. Yes. And, yeah. And Malton hated. Most of the movies that I like, like he yeah. hates horror. Yeah, he, Mal- I I and he used loves to, Disney, so it was just like I always hated Malton. Like yeah. I remember, like yeah. there's like a 
I every every time I every time I tell some inkling of my childhood like a story, it's always like another weird fact that's like no, that's like wait what? It's like I when I was a kid, I had the biggest VHS collection of anybody I've ever known, still to this day, and like and most of them were cartoons, but yeah. a lot of them were very weird, like which and it's it like. It's, it's one of the things that like now I'm into found footage stuff because right. I just had a lot of shit like this yeah. laying around my house. Right. Like I had growing up, Leonard Malton hosted uh, like a series of Looney Tunes specials. Yeah, yeah I like, remember. Them. Yeah, like the the like and he had like a series of them, like a bunch of them. Like oh, the, like and they were all like in between is like him being like, well, that was great. Here's <laughs> Daffy, here's Daffy Duck fighting the Nazis and like and just like they're all yeah. World War Two themed or like or. or fourth of july themed or whatever right. they're like and so i remember th- i was like oh who's this weird old man yeah. and then reading about him and like i and, and another thing about like not being able to watch television on friday nights or saturdays you it gives you like a lot of time to read sure. so i remember so a lot of so and i loved reading books about movies yeah. and about actors and about directors and i was like i would just like read biographies and shit and yeah. just like uh my dad would take me to the bookstores on like uh on friday afternoons and like I would read just a whole bunch of sure. different things. So, Did yeah. you have a uh, uh, video store, mm-hmm. like your distinct one? I lived above in Forest Hills, Queens. I lived above West Coast Video. Oh. Ah. So I would go, go there all well, the time. The thing that, I, that I'm taking away from this is that I know from when I was a kid and reading all of the you know these little movie reviews and like it cluing me into like what I was interested in and like – I wasn't as interested in what other kids my age. Yeah. You know, I was always looking backwards, like the 70s seemed amazing yeah. to me. Before your time. Yeah, ex- yeah. Exactly. And I feel like you're, like, I feel like you are actually a man out of time. Like, <laughs> yeah. you could be, like, I, I see you and I see, like, this could be 1890, this could be <laughs> 1974. And that's, and that's a compliment. I've always, I, I, you know, since I've known you and seen your, Work. I have seen you as this this man out of time. I've all I've always lived and uh, have felt like I'm a man out of my era, just <laughs> right. like completely in yeah. another timeline. Sure, right. sure, because there's something about, and maybe there's something precocious when you're a kid and you're into that stuff. <laughs> yeah, but how cute he likes true. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but there was also there's also like oh you know that kid's going places. Yeah, <laughs> like he's when if you can have an appreciation, and there's a lot of stuff I didn't have an appreciation for sure. at that age that I grew to like, but. You're on the right track. If I, if I, I don't want to be condescending. It's or a anything. certain type no. that at a certain age is like, I guess I should run Akira Kurosawa's dream yeah. <laughs> and try to understand it when I. But it's. Teach. But what's also interesting is that since you are like a child of the internet age, mm-hmm. that for you it was IMDb. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which I remember, like, yeah. I mean, we're old. I remember <laughs> when the internet. Like, I remember my friend calling me to let me know that there was. This band at the gates that I love. He's like, I just found out that they have other records, yeah. <laughs> and I found a different logo than the one that we found on their like a weird like fan page. Yeah, and that was a mind blowing thing. Yeah, because it was it was you know it was just kind of harder to get information. Yeah, uh, I think yeah, I, re- I still found a lot of weird information. I remember th- I remember like th- something in third grade when like we we, uh, we there was like we were, we were just experimenting with graphs and polls and votes mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. like and they were like there was like favorite like music favorite like music and like everybody there's like whoever was at the time like Britney Spears mm-hmm. and like or 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 in sync or something and I was and I was like big star <laughs> and then just like, and then my, te- my teacher reading that and she was like 
Wait, for real? <laughs> <laughs> Alex Chilton? No way. Right. <laughs> Man, yeah. We were just talking about the Big Star documentary. Oh, my God. So good. <laughs> now, I, have, uh, I, I haven't seen it yet, but I went to college with one of the producers, and I oh, remember really? years ago, like years ago, she had shown me, I was telling Jeff earlier, this, a poster. This is before any production or anything. She had designed a poster for the Big Star documentary, mm-hmm. and we were like, Great, you made a poster. All right, like, yeah. and then lo and behold, like years later, like she, this this film comes together. Yeah. And it, it it is fulfilling a gap of you know people want to see something about Big yeah. Star. And, and I was telling him I saw them at South by Southwest, uh, like the first time that when they did like with the posies, like sure. backing up. Yeah, and I didn't really know my like it was just my guitarist was like, let's go watch Big Star. <laughs> and I was like, okay, uh, we watched like two songs, and I was like. Isn't that the thief from that 70s show? Uh, and he goes, hey, yeah, this is the best thing I've ever seen. All right, let's go. Uh, and we like ran away, and I'm pretty sure I realized he had done a bunch of coke or something. That's why we were so excited. We had tamales and then watched uh, some metal bands. So, um, so you're, you know, in your, I guess, teen years here, and you start performing. So what's the, uh, what's like the next logical step for you in terms of like, how do you get, you know, what's next after Elmo? <laughs> Where do you go Same from there? Autobiography. Yeah. <laughs> What's next after Elmo? Yes. <laughs> My three weeks is <laughs> Elmo. <laughs> uh, well, it was it was like a so like so like I I did I did those Second City workshops when I was like fifteen and sixteen, and when I was seventeen. A friend of mine, uh, my friend JJ Russo, who works as, who now works as a writer's assistant for Mad Men. Oh. Uh, he, uh, we met a, uh, or he works in, or he's like, he's like a student writer because he's still in school. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's like working for them now. I JJ? Think. Going yeah. out to you. Oh yeah, this, you, this one's for you, buddy. <laughs> uh, him, he, him and I, uh, he's, he's like, um, Ugh, I stammer a lot. I apologize. <laughs> uh, JJ and I took classes at Second City as well, and I, we we met there, and we realized we both loved Arrested Development, and he was, and uh, he's like the only kid at the time, like because nobody in Yish- when I went uh-huh. to Yeshiva watched Arrested Development, <laughs> right. so I was like, oh my god, I can have, I have someone I can talk about this with, and he was like, you gotta see this show. It's called MySpace, and it's at UCB. I'm like, what's that? Uh-huh. And he's like, it's this theater in Chelsea. And I, you know, I, I like, despite, like, I, I, I had a very strict curfew growing up. I wasn't allowed on school nights out right, after, yeah. like, six or whatever. And so I... After six? That yeah. is a strict curfew. <laughs> yeah. Because mm-hmm. I get... I, oh, by the way, I, uh, I got out of school at 5.45. Perfect. Get home at 15, brother. <laughs> yeah, so tight 15. Yeah. And then I had to go home. Uh, so yeah, because my like my mom was super paranoid about mm-hmm. me being kidnapped all the time. Sure. So I, so but I figured out a way. Like you know, rebellious ten years. I remember. Oh, my mom goes away every two weeks. If I and I'm home by myself, <laughs> so I could just leave and she doesn't know. Right. It's like it never occurred to me until I was like 16 that I could just do that. Right. So there were like two separate instances where I went and to the theater, to the Chelsea Theater, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and. Uh, two separate instances where I took the train, uh, well, got as far as the door, and then just walked back and was like, I'm not cool enough. I'm just not cool enough to enter this building. Really? And yeah. And just like, and I just went home. And then it, it didn't take me until like my senior year of high school when I had just turned 17 until I took my 101. Right. And then like a week after that, before I saw my first show at UCB. Yeah. Do you have any idea what the shows were that you walked away from? I don't. I think. 
Because I, I was obsessively reading the schedule. Because uh-huh. my friend JJ emailed me the link to the website, and I was like, oh, my God, who are all these people? And I remember following, like, oh, I think I, I might have been Harold Knight or it might have right. been a Wednesday show or something. I remember it was a school night, which right. is why it felt like, oh, right. my God. And... Uh, um, it might, I think it was like some sh- uh, like just from reading it, some show Ryan Carls might have been in because I remember his face on the website. Right, and when the like the performer <laughs> things, and um, uh, yeah, I would just like read. I was like watching all. Like, I don't know what. Oh, Harold teams. What are these? These are all all these cool people are doing all these things, and like I got to be a part of this. Right, and so finally, I was like, I told my mom, I was like, Hey, listen. I really want to take these classes after school. It's from seven to ten. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, uh, so I have. To, I might. It's like all right. All right, you can do this, but I'm sending a car to pick you up as soon as it's over. (laughs) (laughs) That's fucking great. So how old were you then when you took your first 101? 17 years old. You were 17 years old. Mm -hmm. Now, were you stressed? Yeah. Very stressed. And I'm I'm assuming you're kind of the youngest person by a few years, Because Because as a teacher, like, I have, like, you know, I've got uh, every once in a while I'll get those students, like, in the sketch classes Mm -hmm. where I'll be like, oh, you're 17, you're 16. Like, uh, it's cool that you're, you know. Uh, And they're mostly pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, But I'm not sure I've seen enough of them really around after. Uh, But there is a certain nervousness. Oh, yeah. That I noticed where I'm like, oh, right, you are, like, a teenager <laughs> yeah. taking this with a bunch of, like, like people who are, like, 25-year-old. 25, yeah. 25 to 35-year-old. Yeah. Or, and I'm pretty sure I had one that was, like, 16-year-old with, like, 42-year-old man who's <laughs> yeah. a cantankerous, like, jerk. I remember my 101 class was pretty cool at the time because, like, there was... There was a 60-year-old man at the time. Uh-huh. His name was Who's Gary. Dead. He's oh my god, I hope not. He was such a nice guy. He was he gave me advice on like how like I was like, "Oh, so which colleges are you applying to?" And he, was like, and he helped me like he was like, "Oh yeah, if you if you want, I'll write uh, I'll write a letter of recommendation to Bard." I was like, "Thanks, Gary. Right. I appreciate that." I was like, <laughs> "What is that? What does that go on?" I I'm I'm I sat in the class with your son. It was great personality. Yeah. It was super weird. It was like, yeah, it was like, uh, and then I was like super nervous, afraid of everything and everyone. Right. And like. Are we doing improv or sketch? I started with improv. I was too afraid of sketch for yeah. a while, right. for a long time. I was like, oh, God. I can't, <laughs> yeah. I can't let anybody see what I write. Yeah. <laughs> That's embarrassing. <laughs> so, wait, yeah, what, who was your improv 101 teacher? Charlie Todd. Okay, great. Charlie Todd from Improv Everywhere. Yeah, I uh, actually did my junior year of high school. I did an, I did uh, a report on Improv Everywhere and on the No Pants Subway Ride, and I and I showed the report to Charlie, one of my classes. Really, and he was like, "That's that's cool." Right, <laughs> he was very nice about it. Yeah, but, but it was, it's about like, the reaction. I would it was like re- in yeah. retrospect, it was like, "What did I do that for?" Like, why did I, he doesn't. So so, what was it like? Like taking a, a, a class, an improv class, as a teenager? It was thrilling because it was like very. I didn't tell anybody I went to school with yeah, right. what I was doing, right. so I was just like. It would probably le- have been frowned upon. It would have been. It would have been frowned upon. It's also been like, how I I didn't know how to explain it to other people because right. it's like oh it's like acting but there's like nothing you're not really going off of a script and there's right. like it's like explaining explaining like an artistic scene to people who are have no real interest yeah. or like 
don't understand how the arts works is like it's a very like to me at the time it was like a very like just exhausting process. So I was right. like, it's better if I just keep this to myself. And, did, and it's like another another secret for me to keep. Yeah. Likewise, with the people in your improv class, I mean, did they know that you were in high? Because like you, you don't necessarily look like again, you're a man out of time. You <laughs> yeah. could be twenty four. You could be forty four. <laughs> yeah. I think it, I think it took a few. Like there was one. There was one one week where like one of the guys found out in my class that I was like in high school and he was like, "Oh my god, you're young enough to be my son." Right. <laughs> and it wasn't Gary. Yeah, and it, and it wasn't Gary. It was like, and, but everybody was very, very nice. Everybody like, <laughs> there was like, uh, I, I remember everybody from my one on one class. They were like, mm-hmm. like very like musicians that were moms and right. like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Darcy James's wife was in my 101 class wow. and uh, who played Shrek on Broadway. Wow. Uh, and I remember uh, she was very nice. Um, uh, uh, yeah, it was it was just very, very it was very scary and thrilling because yeah. I would like, you know, go to yeshiva in the morning <laughs> and then cut out of six period to like get on the uh, one train to right. Chelsea and then like t- then do like like watch like people talk about how they ha- like do a scene with a guy with a giant dick around his shoulders as <laughs> right. a feather boa and then like what is happening right. like it's just we- very very bizarre double life i can picture too now like i guess like when like i i guess it was the same and probably was the same for you too mike with like punk mm-hmm. and like hardcore like just because in that like i remember distinctly like my band was playing a show, and I remember being pissed that, like, three of, like, what I deemed, like, the cool girls, mm-hmm. like, showed up at the show because they wanted to, like, see, like, the fact that we had, like, a band. And I was like, fuck that. You're, you're infiltrating <laughs> yeah, my it, world. it did feel like this is yeah. my world. Like, this is, like, especially at that point, I was like, oh, I finally figured out my thing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And my kind of, and it, I hated this. The, 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 the so crossover. I yeah, the crossover was terrible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's what, it, there is, there is actually a magical moment. And for me, it was similar finding, like, going, starting to go to these shows and seeing these punk bands play on Long Island. And, like, it wasn't people I, because I just hung out with the kids I went to high school with. So when we started going to that, and it was like a whole other, oh, there are actually other kids our age who don't go to our high school. Right. You know, you live in such an insular world. Yeah. Um, that it, it is like, a, you know, it's one of those great, like, light switch moments where, like, but I want to ask you, so let, let's jump forward a little bit. So you're, let's say you're performing now. And you're doing, when you give us a worse gig oh. from the stage. Oof. Worst gig from the stage. <sighs> Man, I think I had a lot. I remember. Well, I I, I did stand up also while I was in high school <laughs> too, and I um like that's what I started doing. That's right. what like that's the first. That was like my first foray in, uh, into performing outside outside of Elmo, <laughs> and uh, like I did I did um, Gladys's comedy room at the at the comic strip live uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, and. And I did this thing, I did this thing hosted by this dude named Mike Codespody, who like hosted this teen stand-up sh- comedy showcase down oh. at the Broadway Comedy Club. Yeah. And I was, which was like a ver- another bizarre, surreal scene, just like all these teenagers that don't know what they're doing. Right. Yeah. Just trying to, and like, and some people who were very, very funny and, and still do it and are, are awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But like I remember like just doing a set that completely bombed and thinking <laughs> I've taken a couple improv classes at this point. I'll improvise and just like and then it's like my jokes aren't working and then just like I'll just like do crowd work and literally no laughs. <laughs> wow. And then like I I, I like nothing, nothing, yeah. not a single peep from the audience. Uh, and that was that was mortifying. <laughs> hey, well, when also when you're 17, like that's the kind of thing. That happens to you, and I know it's happened to me when I was early, you know, younger. And someone, and I don't get the response I want. I will stop doing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's something that could totally kill. Because well, it feels like, especially at that, like it's the end of the world. Like, and and you're not just like, oh wait, there'll probably you know, be another opportunity well, if I want there. Yeah. To be. Oh, okay. I just had, I just had, a, like, okay. This, this, the, I, I think of this show as probably one of the, one of the, like, it might not have been the worst show I've ever done, but it made me feel like a terrible person <laughs> afterwards. Like it was. Like so, uh, my first Herald team was a team called Dybbuk at UCB Theater, mm-hmm. uh, and it was now that's the the, the Yiddish, right? Yes, the Yiddish, okay. the Yiddish come up with demon. The name? demon. Uh, I, th- I think I think I might have thrown it out there. That's <laughs> yeah. like an Isaac Beshevis singer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's basically what yeah. The Exorcist is based yes. on the, yeah. the, the Polish silent uh, film. I remember yes. being happy about that name. <laughs> yes. It's a great. It's a great. It's a. I think it's a great team name. I love <laughs> it. And it's one of those things where it's like if if you uh, for those of you listening who do who do improv at UCB or on it is like. One of the frustrating things about being on a team at UCB, sketch, improv, sometimes shit doesn't work. Yeah. And you can't pin down why. Because you love you love all the people on your team. You, you're all really funny. Things are happening. Sometimes, so, somehow this team just didn't work. Uh-huh. And I remember we did a show where, like, opening, we killed it. First beats, we were nailing it. And then everything afterwards was silence. Right. <laughs> Dead fucking silence. Right. Silence to a point where it was like, wait, where... Where did the show go? Like, where, right. it, like it like slipped away from you know that feeling when the show just kind of yeah. slips away from your hands and you don't know what happened and you know that you've got more to kind of go yeah into. and just like so much more and then Chris Gethard who was our coach uh, let us linger in it and he just fucking let and then he gave us I think close to an hour of notes being wow. like what the fuck was that and then Anthony King who was the artistic director at the time we all came back out and he was like what happened <laughs> he teach you how to do a herald back there. <laughs> <laughs> that was like oh, no. Anthony King, King of the rough, and the he, rough cop. God bless him. I yeah. loved it. It was like because we totally needed it. It right. was like well deserved, and it was that. That to me was like one of my, one of like the most mortifying experience because I was like I felt bad for like because I was like I, I felt bad for myself as a performance. Like it was one of those things. Like ugh, I let my team down by not supporting everybody so you're right. taking it like, personally yeah oh yeah totally i take everything yeah. personally <laughs> well if as a person who takes everything personally then how do you get past that how or and how long do you linger how, yeah. in it what's I the linger ratio I'm, I'm much better at it now but i used to linger in it way longer i mm-hmm. think it it's just one of those things where like you kind of just have to deal with it you right. kind of just have to whatever your process of like dealing with bullshit is you just kind of have to like let it sit <laughs> except that you're still alive and right. that you're gonna be doing another thing occasionally and then maybe the next thing will be great right and then just do it it's like it, it's like it's like it's, it's that same feeling i, I got is like ugh. I'm in this fucking Gamara class. 
in the yeshiva. But I just gotta I just gotta bear through it and tonight I get to play like fucking zip zap zap <laughs> and just like something good will come out so of it. You may be the only person in the history of of the show who might actually get my reference here, but when I was in Hebrew school, we had there was like an elective class. It was called Hugim. <laughs> Do you know about this? Like C H U G I M? Yeah. Hugim. I don't even know what it the means. Most inside joke I've ever heard. It's what, yeah, that's what, the, uh, what is it what does it mean? What does Hugim mean? I uh, it's it's like well it's it's like an elective class Hugim. It's like it's like Gemara or Mishnah if if you're familiar <laughs> yeah. with that. All of these classes are basically like old world law. Uh-huh. So you and I'm and I and I, and I never took Hugim myself. <laughs> but uh, I I know it's it has similar things whereas whereas well I can only I can only attribute it to like oh well Gamara is more like oh well you know if if uh, your neighbor stole goats from your land how <laughs> must this yeah. is this an eye for an eye scenario yeah, yeah. or is it like does it, can, can you work out some sort of barter rabbinical right. study yeah, yeah. but the, I think they used the name Hugim but then they just showed us movies oh, okay. in the class so it was, they called it Hugim oh okay but I remember them uh, wait sh- what is it I don't get it's it. like basically you would in Hebrew school you would have your uh, you know whatever it is hour of a Hebrew lesson right. learning and then there'd be an additional hour of what would be an elective class that yeah. they called Hugim, but like the old drama. Yeah, like, yeah, but it would it would be yeah. something half-assed like I, yeah. movies, right? Yeah. And I think it's mo- like like I've, I've I most of my Hebrew has lost me, so I mm-hmm. don't know what most words mean anymore. But I think it's most. But I think Hugim is more to do with the culture. Yes. And just okay. Like, so it was yeah. a cultural thing. Yeah. So I just remember that they sh- we were watching My Left Foot. And, <laughs> okay. Uh, and the Daniel Lewis is Jewish. The <laughs> teacher talking about Woody Allen being a self-hating Jew. <laughs> now she didn't like him because really? of himself. Yeah, but that was a big thing because uh, you know. In, Wait, my left foot isn't even a Woody Allen movie. It's not, oh. but I, or maybe these are two classes I'm conflating. Oh. We had there was one class where we definitely. Wait, is the character the character in my left foot is he Jewish? No, but the Daniel Day Lewis as an actor. Or That's yeah, it. Actor. That's all it yeah. took. I'm, and he's even—he's just half. He's also yeah. Irish, which yeah, is he's like more Irish than which Jew. Is way further from yeah, Jewish yeah. than like yeah. I could even think. But at the time, it was—it was probably right around the. Yeah, it was it would have been ninety-one or so. It was right around the Sunni uh, right. thing. Sure, so sure. Every, you know, Woody Allen. On top of everything, he's a self-hating Jew. So you brought in like a Sons of Abraham record. Oh, this, oh, this, that was that was that was that was Sons of Abraham that. were a all Jewish hardcore band. Oh, yeah, I remember. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm glad oh, yeah. you were aware. Of oh yeah, I'm Abraham. I'm very well versed in the all Jewish bands. <laughs> there is a there is a group. Oh, yeshiva kids, if you're listening to this, you'll get this reference. Blue Fringe. Blue Fringe. <laughs> Blue Fringe was an indie Orthodox Jewish oh. uh, band. Really? Oh yeah, they sang. Uh, they were like cool dudes. Because they wore like plaid T-shirts right. or like or like button-down shirts, but but they also had yarmulkes because they, they're not like you know they're not trying to come down on religion. Yeah, they're right. like hip blue fringe. Are there any? And now I'm like wondering if there are any like there's Orthodox a, metal. Like <laughs> I know there's like at least one Israeli black metal bit, but it's not uh-huh. the same at right. all. Like. Well, that the one that dude from Corn uh, like flipped out as yeah. we say in yeshiva. Who was that? Monkey or head from Corn? I, f- I can't. Head I think it was religious head. one. Yeah. I think that's who became Christian. Oh, he's he became Christian. There's another one who became like more Fieldy or uh, Jonathan Davis. I think I've named everyone except for the drummer. Ryan. (laughs) Or Terry Bazio. 
he <laughs> he flipped out as we called it back uh-huh. in yeshiva which is like when you're not religious and then you become way yes. more invested in the religion that, Wait, there's a guy out. in corn who Brian was jewish Ed welch <laughs> oh, yeah, okay okay yes. Um, Blue Fringe has a song called "Flipping Out." <laughs> really? <laughs> Might have to check Blue out. Fringe. They were okay. They, they, I remember they sang us. They sang a cover. I went to a Blue Fringe concert in Long Island. They sang a cover of <laughs> "The General" by Dispatch. <laughs> oh, wow! And they, and they killed. <laughs> Dis, uh, just as a tan, Dispatch are one of those bands like Guster that, yeah. like, oh, yeah. I didn't like. Where does this band come from? <laughs> right. Who, like, because I liked them. Well, that was like, the thing. Because I did call it. I, I had a, I had a radio station at my high school. That mm-hmm. essentially was a college radio station run by the high school kids. Yeah. So I've been involved with like, you know, college radio and indie rock, quote unquote, since the early 90s. And then I remember hearing about this band Guster in college. And then di- these bands that sell out Madison Square Garden. Yeah. I know no one who likes this Guster, or even knows what it is. What is every this? Boston University what, like, yeah. big event. And every time I was like, who the fuck is Guster? <laughs> yeah. What is going on here? Yeah. And I never really got the answer. So I think the most I ever got, and maybe it's even wrong about Guster, was like, they don't really have a drummer. They got a bongo player. Like, <laughs> they were like, sort of like, like oh, what is it though? They were like, not sort of Dave Matthews, yeah. but like poppy. But sort of jam, like it just it OAR. was OAR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I'm just like, who the fuck kind of like are these music people? for like people that don't really like love music, right? Love these bands, right. yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> and that 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 that, uh, that that is dispatch. Bizarre. This one's going out to you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't even know. I don't think they need our, yeah, our I help. So. I, I saw dispatch at Bonnaroo, and <laughs> that statement just made me throw up in my mouth. A little <laughs> yep. Bit. Yeah, it was like I, I, I literally saw them because of the novelty of them being yeah. there. It was like right. I saw the schedule and was like, "Good excuse, sure, yeah, I'll go." <laughs> yeah. I was like, I literally everybody saw them. Like there was a big crowd when they saw when they sang the general, and then everybody dispersed. I'm assuming the general was their big hit. Yeah, That's, yeah. Uh, it's like, it's, oh, it's so is- weird. You know, Jeff and I are are fairly music obsessive. I'd say, I'm like, sure, yeah, yeah. We probably know. A little something about a lot of a lot yes. of different groups, but mm-hmm. when there's like a band or someone, ha- and we're just like, I got nothing. Yeah, I I, I got no reference point. I can't tie anything to <laughs> this. <laughs> and those are two bands, Guster and Dispatch. We're like, nope. It, I, I know I nothing. Yeah, I, I can bring nothing to the table. Yeah, yeah. But no emotional connection. No like historical yeah, facts. Don't it. know that's what it. it means in the world. Yeah. So, Dave, at this point, you know, you, you're almost like an elder statesman at UCB. Uh, you're, you're doing a Did lot. Did you get of that things. certificate? Yeah, the elder. Your elder statesman. Yeah, I got, I got, I got it in the mail. I'll talk you're, to you. You're, you're a tribal elder. <laughs> yes, at this point. So, and it seems like filmmaking is still kind of the the goal. Like, what's the what's what's the game plan? Um. Well, it's you know what it's weird. I feel like. I feel like I I I I feel like I, I I shouted this at people on New Year's Eve, but um, <laughs> the general listen to it. it's all about um, the general. I feel like 2013 was like a weird point for me because I was like because it was, it was one of those things where I was like oh during my one on one I got like my rejection letter from NYU, mm-hmm. so which was like a, at the time a huge blow for me. And, uh, cause I was like, oh, I got it. And then I like, you know, I ended up going to school f- for film. I went to art school. I went to New York Film Academy, which mm-hmm. is a weird school. <laughs> and just like, you know, I got my, I like w- did my year program there. And I was like, well, now what? And then I still didn't do it for a while. Oh, and right. n- so my goal, I guess, is just to, you know, I've since, you know, directed a couple of web series and it's been really fun and like I I made a short film and I want to like just keep making more things. And I think like 
the thing that got me into comedy initially, like the thing that made me want to do it seriously, was watching that Comedians of Comedy movie. Sure, yeah. The, the, like the, the documentary. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, I was like, this is really cool, but it's also like just a bunch of guys hanging out and doing something they really love together. Right. So, I, like, I think from an early, like, if I can, like, facilitate, like, my friends doing cool things, uh-huh. that makes me, like, really fucking happy. Yeah. Like, I love putting my friends in videos and, like, like I, like, I have this, and I have, you know, the selfish fucking thing of like r- watching the credits like written and directed by David right. it's like it's like I get like a huge nerd boner yeah. seeing that <laughs> and then like and it's, and it's like you know when I screened my web series at the Beast I got to see that and I got to put my friends in all of that so it's like if my next goal is just to keep doing that for more money but right. like it's yeah. but, but also just keep doing that for my life right. yeah. like if I can live my life that way that's you know that's always been the dream and, and uh, a new question that we've been asking guests this year mm-hmm. so you know you're, you're you're a talented guy you do a lot of these diff- uh, a lot of different things where's an area uh, that you think you might be able to improve on ooh it's something you don't do as well. Yeah. Ooh, talking to people is super hard for me. <laughs> <laughs> if I can be like more sociable and approachable and respond to emails quicker. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not uh, as if like I'm I'm obsessive of mu- about music too, but I can't play an instrument, mm-hmm. and I really would like to get better at that. Yeah, and right. I, I can play a little bit of the harmonica, but like that's not a real. I, 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 <laughs> wait, now apparently Guster are looking for harmonica <laughs> players. I mean, so I mean, just ask Guster. Dispatch. Uh, what instrument would you want to be playing? Uh, banjo. Okay, oh. I like that. I like the way that sounds. I would like to. I, I would see, like to learn like, that. I see, you know, are you? Um, you seem like a guy who would be into. Like Harry Nielsen, like early yeah, Randy I Newman, Harry, I love those that guys. kind of stuff. I yeah. feel like, and, and yeah. it's, love those it's, it's huge for me too. But I feel like again, man out of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, appreci- old. What did you say earlier? Old before your old before your old before your time. Old yeah. before your time. Yeah. Whatever. Wise beyond your years. Wise, definitely wise beyond your years. There, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think there was like there's like there's like a, one of my favorite Woody Allen interviews is uh, when he was on Dick Cavett's show, one mm. of his first appearances on that show, and again like. I watched all of his appearances yeah, <laughs> like right. on every show. And he was like, what do you think was the most difficult part about uh, growing up? And he was like, I think that I was young. I think if, <laughs> if I could have been older at the time, uh, I would have pulled it off more. Right. And that's like how I feel about it like all the time. That's I think constant. I know the. this is just now just what popped in my head. Uh, Woody Allen at the Carlisle. Interest in it? Oh, love it. I've, I've seen him before. Have you? Wait, wait, great. Woody Allen at the Carlisle. He what? plays yeah. jazz clarinet. Oh, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his, just his weekly if, show that I'm he I'm not sure if I have an interest personally. I, 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 I saw him perform once. It was wonderful. It was what like, is oh, that? Cool. Wild Man Blues? Was that yeah, the yeah. documentary? Because yeah. it's like, well, it's uh, expensive, right? It's very expensive. It's like 150 or something? My mom took me when right. I was 14 yeah. or something. Okay. Like, yeah, but it was great. I remember loving it. And it was, I love jazz music a lot. Oh, right. Like, I'm a huge jazz fan. And jazz bow. Jazz bow. A little bit of jazz bow. Would you go to that? I mean, you know, I remember my buddy Jason talking about it like in high school. Yeah. Like going, and it's the kind of thing where like, you know, Woody Allen doesn't make a big deal about it himself to begin with. But like, you know, people don't bother him. Like, but clearly that's why you're going. But I remember my buddy went like, yeah, in like senior year of high school or something. I guess I'd rather spend $150 and see Billy Joel at Madison Square Garden, I think, for his uh, reign there or whatever. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's it it's, it seems like a like a seminal like New York thing. Yeah, like, I don't know if it's enough for me. This <laughs> yeah. person, but I remember I, not, I I actually also don't really like the clarinet. Uh, <laughs> I just don't like the sound of a clarinet. That, most of the that time. makes it. I, I I used to not like it. Now I love it a lot. As yeah. as a city kid, because I went to school in 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 the city, and I remember like freshman year was like the cool thing was like go to Smalls yeah. Jazz Club, yeah. like try to appreciate some go jazz. To blue, go like, to the Blue Note. The Blue Note. <laughs> just get some. Just hear some real. Hang out in the Village <laughs> Cafe yeah. Wa. Oh, oh man. I so so many so much of my like early teen years was me trying yeah. to be that like <laughs> right. East or West Village kid. Yeah. So trying you, to be like one of my <laughs> wife's number one fears is that I'll become a jazz bow. Like because she's just like why, whenever I bring more records in, like she's just like worried. She's like, are you going to be making the shift this year? Because well, I have enough <laughs> jazz records. But she just like it's just like I cannot deal and, if you and, are doing that. Jeff thing. and I are kind of getting perilously close because we're both really interested right now in like kind of progressive music and the intersection between progressive rock and like new age sure. jazz fusion yeah. and like rock jazz fusion and that could very easily lead There's to such like a fine line. free jazz yeah, and, like, uh, and I'd have a couple free you know I've got of course, yeah. we all do yeah. Yeah. but it's there is such a yeah. fine line yeah there is uh, there is like there's not that much contemporary jazz I really dig but mm-hmm. like I love like I'll, I'll put like Miles Davis on sure. the, classics. Record, you know, the classics I like because that's what I grew up listening to yeah. and I love listening to people play those songs that new Branford Marsalis record <laughs> is really well like. that's it that's the pr- yeah it's like it's it's so easy and like new jet to get into smooth jazz, but, well, like, well, to yes. get into like what's playing in my dad's house. Like, right. and there. For me though, and it sounds like maybe you have a little of this. When I was growing up, and I'd read these books, and I got really interested in music and movies, kind of around the same time, almost from like a weird accountant's perspective, where I loved like the spines of cassettes mm-hmm. and the different fonts they would use, and a lot of jazz records because they're it's all instrumental, they get really creative with like album artwork like nice or yeah. or. Uh, you know, um, song titles and things yeah. like that. Yeah, so, I remember. Like, I'd I be my, really into that stuff. I think my grandfather had a Thelonious Monk album. He, like, my, my parents didn't have a record player when I was growing up, but like my grandfather did in his house. And I used to go up and I, I'd like put on, put it on, he'd, like you know, uh, smoke his pipe or whatever, and I put <laughs> it on for him. And then just like, uh, 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 or whatever grandfather thing he did, right? <laughs> yeah, like sit in his rocking chair, and I would just like put. I was like, oh, this is this is kind of neat. This is cool. I'd pet his like old cat right and then just like listen to jazz and i have like very fond memories of that <laughs> and then like as a kid like because uh, like and as a kid i would go to uh, my mom used to go to religious retreats with me uh to like uh, the to florida uh-huh. and we would then there'd be like me and a bunch of other like jewish kid like jewish parents and their kids like would go to these resorts uh, and hang out on the boardwalk of miami beach and I'd go, and I'd have these like summer friends, or like uh, Passover friends yeah, that I would right. see yearly, and and this and like when I was a teenage, when I was like a horny teenager, I would try to like hit on girls by like, what did you? Hey, you listen to jazz? <laughs> like that was my opener. I was just like, wow, killer pickup, killer pickup line, fourteen-year-old love band. <laughs> Here's actually just because I'm now I'm thinking you'd say like uh, it's just with jazz. Uh, <laughs> uh, how, did you ever get into like John Zorn? And no, like, his whole like. I, and me neither. I could like that was like. I mean, that was the way. Just because there were certain John Zorn records, like the like Painkiller, 
uh, and Naked oh, City. Yeah, yeah. But it was just like that wow. East Village wow. cool heroin rock yeah, jazz. Well, yeah, because I mean, Painkiller was like painful, like metal, basically. And right. Naked City was like jumping genre. And those records I love. And okay. then I had like, I would start to get into like, oh, John Zorn's got a billion records. Yeah. But because also he has an entire label, mm-hmm. Zazatic. Right. Uh, which is like Hebrew related jazz, mm-hmm. like Masada and like. <laughs> He's got like a whole world of just yeah. like here's Jewish jazz. And yeah. I'm glad he does and he can keep it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I remember I had I I might have heard it and I never got super into it and I like there was there we had a, we had, my synagogue had a bluegrass jam band <laughs> that I played harmonica in <laughs> and uh, so you were in a band when I when I was like when I was like uh, ten or something and just like <laughs> so it was like, it was mostly right. kids and this one guy who played guitar and was like trying to be folksy and bluegrass yeah. and just like no nope, this is not happening <laughs> <Right. laughs> it's like long ponytail let me teach you guys about Neil Young all right <laughs> well Dave listen um, uh, to bring this all full circle sure sure. Question that we like to ask all of our guests: okay. What do you think of the word "gig"? Uh, it, it makes my skin crawl a little bit. <laughs> like it's just like "gig." It's you know what I attribute the word "gig" to the '80s, even though it's been around for much longer right. than that. But ever, but I feel like I attribute the when I think of the word "gig," I think of like. Guys in like white suits and ponytails doing coke off the hood of like a Mazda, and then just like, like a dream. yeah, it's, <laughs> it's it's just like it seems such like a cheesy, trashy word. Right. Like I want the soundtrack to that vision of gig. That you yeah, playing playing at Spago. Like, yeah. It's it's all white snake. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. I love talking my language. Brother. So look, we've gotten. Uh, a number of great stories. Yep. Uh, you know, you're very easy guy to talk to. You have like again, like I, I love what you're about and where Thanks. you're at, and uh, it's all <laughs> the blood band vibe. No, it is. It's we're like, buying it. We're, yeah. Uh, we're, thanks, guys. We 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 are vibing on it definitely. So look, we're, it's the beginning of new year. We got a lot of stuff to look forward to. A lot of stuff to have, and it's going to happen. We have a huge snowstorm that we're dealing with. We thank Hercules. you for Hercules. We thank you for Hercules. 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 We thank you for coming all the way from Manhattan out sure. to the studio here for this. And it may be a little rickety on your 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 way back. So we just want you to get home safe. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me, both of you guys. Worst gig 